Hey friends, this is Ryan with a quick note slash disclaimer. Todd and I recorded this episode under different technological conditions than most other episodes, and uh, for the most part, I think it sounds great, but at times you will hear some distortion. Ah, what does it sound like? So this will be a bit of a Rorschach test for you as a listener. I tend to think it sounds like the big other is laughing at Todd and I, which I kind of love. Uh, but other times it sounds like uh, Todd's unconscious finally succeeded in masturbating feverishly while he talks. Longtime listeners will get the joke there. Uh, so we thought about re-recording the episode entirely, but we were both traveling this month and it's uh, not really possible to coordinate anything soon to take the place of this episode. And But even still, I think this conversation is of our usual standard, uh, but for the intermittent interruptions. So um, I appreciate everybody's patience, and I hope at the very least the idea of two guys talking seriously uh, while technology laughs at them behind their backs is an entertaining premise for all of you. Uh, but sincerely, thanks so much for listening, and uh, without further disclaimer, here's the music, and then the episode. Hello, thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. I am always here as Ryan Angley, because if I was here as someone else, that'd be strange. Todd, how are you, bud? I'm good, Ryan. Good to talk to you. Long distance. Long distance. You are in California. I'm in California. And I am, yeah, I am in Windy, Rhode Island. We lost, I didn't tell you this, we lost power uh, like three or four times over the last couple days. Like for long stretches, because... uh, the paper mache wrapped wires around uh, uh, where I live. But well, luckily, we uh, weren't anyway. recording a podcast when that happened. That would have been exciting. well. We had planned. I meant to tell you this that we, when we had planned to do it, like it, it would told it wouldn't have happened. We'd have been in the middle, and the power would have gone out, and it'd have been a disaster. It'd have probably been that, better, actually. Though. <laughs> you know what? It would have been the it have been the world giving us a a quilting point. Uh, yeah, or, or, or a, God or, giving or, us a, a message. A, a, yeah, punctuation. Don't, to, whatever to you think you're doing, stop doing it. <laughs> Just stop doing it. Um, okay, cool. So t- today we're going to talk about another of um, Lacan's most uh, vexing uh, phrases, uh, which is uh, there is no sexual relationship. Um, before we get into this, I do want to say um, that this little mini series uh, that we're doing on Lacan's aphorisms is critical, I think, to our podcast at large because the whole idea of this podcast is that um psychoanalytic theory is uh not well understood uh in 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 general it, it's uh it, it can often get reduced to um you know common places that that uh, mute or eliminate the uh, complexity or interest in it like you know like you want to have sex uh, with your mother right that would be one or even even freud's dream through it's so funny when i see things on, on, on particularly in TV, there's this the show on USA I thought it was very good uh, called The Sinner uh, that starred uh, Jessica Biel and uh, Bill Pullman in the first season, and uh, both I think both characters have dreams. They have di- dreams that um, end up meaning more as the series goes on, but the way that they that that they do like a kind of pop 
Freudian thing is that like, oh, you were dreaming when you were a kid about missing the school bus because there was a bus when something traumatic happened to you much later. And it's like, that is not how Freud's dream theory yeah, works. Right, it's not, right. it's not like it's, it's, it's not like that at all. Uh, but I think that's how people think of it. It's like, it's right. like, oh, this, this, this thing that you dreamed, it means this other thing. Uh, and, uh, and that's it exactly. So right. anyway, it's that's like, even the best receptions are bad. Like, like, constantly evoking subconscious or talking about uh, narcissism right. or ego or right. superego and all these ways that are, seem to me completely foreign to Freud's and, and the whole psychoanalytic project. So I, I totally, I think that's true. And, but I also think there's this idea that psychoanalysis functions as a hermetic private language, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's and I think what we're that, trying to, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're both going to say they make the same point. That's uh, that's what we're trying to do. I mean, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast in general. But that's that's with this specific series. We're we're trying uh, we're, we're looking at Lacan's phrases. We're trying to bring because it's obvious to us like with the with I mean, we can see the data. We know that we have like two kind of uh, like like audiences uh, for for these different podcasts where we have uh, like people who are definitely into the more like uh, uh, political analysis that we do and then people who are into the more uh, uh, more rigorously psychoanalytic and, and Hegelian stuff that we do and it's not that never the twain shall meet it's just that there seems to be like those those these are the twinned interests of of, of ours and what we want to do is to like bring them together and show how they are the same thing so something like this for for this kind of podcast for, uh, specifically for somebody who may look at the title or maybe like listening to say like there is no sexual relation and you're like ah maybe this one isn't for me like this is uh for for us this is the kind of the pressure we're putting on ourselves is to make this directly relevant to um contemporary thinking and to show as you as you put it todd that psychoanalysis is not a private language it's not like it's not just, uh, I mean, and this is core to Lacan's whole point. Psychoanalysis is not just that which occurs in a clinic. It is not just that which occurs between two people. It, it is a, a social thing, you know, and, yeah. and, it, and, and that is, that's what we're trying to get out of that. That's what we're trying to bring with this series, working with, you know, very, very particular phrases, uh, that span across, uh, like many seminars of Lacan and many years in the development of his thought. And we're just trying to bring that into contemporary relevance. So I just want, I don't want, just want to start this off with that little um, uh, pr preface. So to speak. yeah, I totally agree. I also think it's it, hopefully there'll be some good sex advice and like, <laughs> no sexual relationship that has to be, you know, that's, like, uh, I, I mean, I, I, it sounds like you're going to get a job in marketing. Because <laughs> that's pretty like uh, I do. I'm teaching a class called Sex and Society in Star Trek, and we just added sex because we wanted students to take the class. <laughs> so, that's really really funny. So that's, I hope that this will function in the same way. No, I don't care about that. Um, but anyway, so so Lacan first says this very famous: "There is no sexual relationship in a sem in seminar 19." So it's very late. So he's already in. Uh, is he almost in his 70s? And uh, it's called Upir, which in, in French means or worse. And mm -hmm. then it gets really developed in, in the next year, which is a seminar called Encore, and it's on feminine enjoyment or feminine jouissance. And there mm -hmm. he repeats it. And then sort of for the rest of his, his life, he'll repeat this, this statement ad nauseum. And mm -hmm. so that, I find that pretty interesting. And then he'll, he'll, so the question is what that means, I guess. Right, right. right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I um, think there's a... Go ahead. 
Oh no, I was just gonna say that that the way that um Lacan approaches the the romantic tie and 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 like the relationship, the rom- you know, the romantic relationship, the sexual relationship is as a as a problem. And right. this is radically opposed to um ideological assumptions when he was alive and right now, which is that in a sexual relationship, in a romantic relationship, you are looking for something uh, to that you lack or or like you're looking for someone who com- completes you like like, uh, you know, that's the Jerry Maguire thing. But also last year, the shape of water. Right. Like this is he doesn't see what I lack. So that completes me. That's what um, uh, the main character in that I'm forgetting her name. Uh, uh, says says in that film. So like this is right. like a very very much like the the yin and yang idea. Th- this is not just you know. There's a way of looking at it. We were talking uh, before the show. There's uh, you want to think about this as complementarity and like one very basic way of thinking about it is is that this is a um, a heterosexist idea that it's male and female complement right. Like it's even in like a. Uh, uh, plumbing f- uh, fixtures, fixtures and, and fittings right, you, right, yeah, you have male and female right so that idea they of stole that from jerry Maguire, i think didn't they? they stole that from, <laughs> that's so funny the, <laughs> but, plumbers, it's, but that <laughs> but it explodes but that explodes even in, in 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 queer relationships uh or any relationship like th- this is kind of the idea the ideological thing is that you're looking for the person that completes you you're looking for the for the the yin to your yang the and soulmate. uh the soulmate, right? Like, and Lacan is against this idea, uh, uh, from, from the, from the beginning that like you, the relationship doesn't make you whole. I think, uh, it would, would be a way that he would be putting, or if it does make you whole, there is a special emphasis on the H O L E in that right, phrase. Right. Right. And in fact, I think that's interesting. That's a good way to put it. And I think the, the, um, the, like the way that you're, I think his point would be you don't even desire whole, like you may think you desire wholeness. You may think you desire someone that will complete you. And so mm-hmm. I think that this, what she should have, shape of water was terrible, but it could have been <laughs> okay. If she would have said, he sees precisely what I lack that everyone mm-hmm. else misses. And then you'd be like, yeah. Oh, that's a real <laughs> film great, greatest, right? greatest film of the decade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have made it a lot better. I mean, there, I, I just want to say the Academy Awards are on a terrible streak. And I think <laughs> it's interesting because this year's winner also, and this, this is just shows that it's not necessarily even a, this idea of complementarity is so ideological. It's across like, it's, yeah. there's a racial complementarity, right? Like, right, the, right, right. Like the Italian guy and the, black pianist like they're they mm-hmm. have such a complimentary well it's almost no it's not almost it's a love relationship right like it's a yeah, yeah. they're having a sec they're having it's almost like that's a romantic comedy like they're having the ideological relationship i'm talking about green book um right they're having the ideological relationship. i mean the fact that <laughs> spike lee's two good films have lost to two, two. versions of driving miss daisy is really really funny um <laughs> That's why I texted and, you right after it happened. Yeah, it's, I know, I know. It's really yeah. revelatory too. But um, 
It's also, I, I mean, I, and, and this is the current, like the, the today people are like this, even to, to, to further support your point, the idea of complementarity is so ideological, especially, especially racial complementarity that it allows you to completely dismiss, uh, like the actual horrors of the Jim Crow South because it's just right. inconvenient to that other narrative. Right. So anyway, I just wanted to add that. No, yeah. that's right. That's exactly right. Absolutely right. And I think, you know, that, that idea is exactly what Lacan is trying to explode. And I, you know, it's ideological power is evidenced in so many, even I think some are really good film. Like I think Groundhog Day is a great film, but Mm -hmm. even it kind of ends with the notion of some kind of complementarity relationship between Phil and Rita or Bill Murray and Andy McDowell, you know? And I I think it's very hard to get out of that ideological trap of, of compliment, like seeking my soulmate, seeking my compliment, when in fact, I mean, I think that's also why Lacan moves from, or never develops an idea of an object of desire, but instead stresses Mm -hmm. that lost object or object cause of desire, because we're driven Mm -hmm. by what the other is missing. And that's why I said that thing about shape of water, right? Mm -hmm. We're driven by what the other is missing, not by what the other has. So if we find someone who's missing maybe what we want to, what we desire to be missing, that would be, that would be the good relationship. I mean, it wouldn't be a perfect relationship, <laughs> but that would be, I think, what his more, like if there's an ideal sexual non-relationship, it would be that. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I mean, in, in, in what you're saying, like, like maybe the great contemporary example, the consistent offender, the consistent, um, ideological support is the romantic comedy, which is yeah. all, almost always premised on, on that idea. And there, there are very few, like, um, I know Alenka has, I, has she written about this? Uh, a pub, is this published her, um, I don't know. her essay about Ernst Lubitsch's, um, Oh yeah. That's published. Uh, Clo- it's in Clooney Brown. Obscure collection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Clooney Brown. Yeah. yeah. Clooney Brown, which she writes about as it's, it's uh, in a collection on Lubitsch. So. Okay. A collection on Lubitsch. And, uh, that, that in that film you have two characters get together who uh, do not um, they do not com- they, they they do not complete each other in that in the typical Hollywood way and in yeah. that way they complete each other like the in, in a more in a more psychoanalytic and more yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. profound yeah. way like uh, no, the other to the not, other one I, yeah. go ahead sorry I don't I didn't oh no I was just gonna say to not like explain the the details of the film but that that would be. That, that was just one example. But yeah, tell me, what were you going to say? Well, the other one I was thinking of was Eternal. It's not exactly a romantic comedy, but Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like they, mm. they, that movie ends with them having knowledge that their relationship is doomed to maybe not end, but doomed to like end, end or go down the direction of sort of self-annihilation. And then they choose yeah. to go in the relationship anyway. She's yeah. like, She's, she's like, I'm going to get on your nerves. I'm not, you're going to all this. And he's like, okay. And then she goes, he says, but you're going to get bored of me. And, that, and she goes, okay. And then they just, okay. And then that the, the film ends, you know? So yeah. I think there's something to that idea of embracing the others, seeing that it's the others lack that is mm. really what draws you to them and not, something that they have that would complete you. And I think that's all that, that this statement, there is no sexual relation has its basis in that, that exploding of complementarity. And it's interesting that in seminar 20 where Lacan really develops this idea that 
the critique, that's where he makes the most extended critique of complementarity. Mm, no, that's great. I th- and that's a, but is a perfect filmic example too. I, I think that that's, uh, that's great. Uh, do, do we want to get into, do we want to get into the nitty gritty of the phrase? Yeah. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Because yeah. Cause what it is, is I, I think it makes sense to, 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 to point here, point out here is it's a logic of, of sex and it is a, it is a logic of, of, uh, of the romantic tie that, uh, Lacan is pursuing and it's, and in a way that, that I think, um, it's just, it's just not common. Like, I think even to say that, like what, what you just said, like what you just explained, like, Oh, what you, it is the, it isn't what the, the, the other, uh, gives you that completes you that, that like, um, spurs desire is what the other lacks like that. That's not a, that is not a contemporary idea that is, is, I think that's radically against, uh, the dominant ideological position. So, uh, let's, let's talk about how Lacan gets there. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's, I think, so there's two, a couple things. So first thing is, and I think this is important starting point is that mm-hmm. for Lacan, male and female subjectivity does not correspond to any biological entity. So for him, male and female subjectivity are positions you just can take up like you there mm-hmm. and you take them up, not consciously probably, but you mm-hmm. take them up, not necessarily aligned with how you're biologically given. And there, and there are two ways of being sexed, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, so the, his first way I think makes a lot more sense. He calls it the male way. And he says, mm-hmm. he thinks on the one hand, all men are subject to castration. That means all men are lacking. That, mm-hmm. that, that seems perfectly obvious. Like everyone's lacking. No one's self-identical whole. Um, and that, but then he adds this other thing where he says, and these, he, he writes these out in logical formulas, which I don't think uh, clarify the issue. <laughs> no, they, the it doesn't. I, we, we had to go through this before the show because whenever it's so funny, because like you if you read if you decide to sit down and read any of these seminars, like it's to, it's so clear that, that Lacan always thinks when he gives you an image or a formula that he thinks he's being more clear. And like for me, and I, I know for a lot of other people, like it's just like, it's where he loses me. Like it is the, the concept, the concept, like, uh, like I get completely like, like I, you know, like it, it, it's not even worth describing what his formula of sexuation looks like. But what we're going to say is a lot more clear than the, the you, like right. you, if you, if you have no familiarity with this and then you listen to us and you think this makes sense or it's a little confusing and then you go look up, Lacan's formula of sexuation, you'd be like, how does that mean anything? That's just going to be shocking to to, to you. I just just spent 45 minutes of a class teaching that I put those formulas on the board and I tried to teach. And I think the students came away with nothing at all. So anyway, so it's like you're performing black magic. Like you might as well be like scrying in front of a, a a dark mirror or something like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, so, okay. So, on the one hand, all men are subject to castration. All men are incomplete. But mm-hmm. then there's a second dimension to male sexuation, and that is there is one man who is not subject to castration, so one escapes castration. So that idea is that there's this the rule, which is everyone's subject to castration, and then the one exception, who would be like the ideal man, God, the sovereign, 
So th mm -hmm. it's interesting that, that this is the point where psychoanalysis overlaps, I think, with someone like Agamben and this notion of the sovereign exception, the state of exception, mm -hmm. you know, that the sovereign is, is, that is, is both outside and inside the law, right? So that's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when, the, when, the, when the French re revolutionaries were going to put to death Louis XVI, they had this whole debate, like, is he an enemy Mm -hmm. of, like he's the enemy of war, or is he a, a citizen who we're going to kill? And they, <laughs> and, and they decided he's neither. Like he's mm -hmm. in this other kind of, of zone. So that I think is pretty fascinating. So that zone where he is, is that's this, so, so uh, uh, that zone of the exception. And so. Um, Can we so, just camp out on this for a second? Because I, I think that, that yeah. it's important to, I think it's important to, to state that, uh, in some ways, this zone of exception, and I think it, I think I'm right in saying this. In some ways, this zone of exception is uh, like almost mythic, but it nonetheless does exist, and that's I think the thing about it that is uh, that is interesting for me to think about. Like, and I'll even give a very, um, I think maybe a common way of, of of putting it, which is like. Uh, everybody probably everyone in the uh, has, has heard the phrase like man up or act yeah. like a man like yeah. there is that like there is that ideal and that's like a mythic ideal but yeah. there are still things in uh there are still uh, i don't know relations and and figures that play out in society that reinforce that idea so it has this like it has this this uh this this mythical uh tinge to it like the you know like the the divine right of the monarch right but then yeah. it also has the very real thing which is the i mean he's a real person and he's also a citizen so that's what makes him that's what makes uh in your example uh louis the 16th like, like neither of those things and that's what that's what makes it the exception no, I think that's that, a, brian that's, that's a that's a great point and i think that you know the the that i like that way of thinking of it that on the one hand it's not it's not real right like there is right. really no exception like no one like clearly and i think hegel's point is even god is not self-identical right or else there could be yeah, no yeah. creation so so but so there is no there is no real exception but on the other mm -hmm. hand, the, the, the positing of the exception has clear effects. And that's what you're saying, right? Like that, like, yeah. that's why it's, it, even though it's, you might say, even though it's a fiction, it still has the effect of being actual. Yeah. Because you can say, you can say things like, like I, um, you know, never listened. I, I this is something I've been saying to my students uh, in a lot of different classes. Never listen to your favorite directors or, or TV showrunners talk about your favorite shows because they will disappoint you, uh, like almost almost every time. Um, I l love Breaking Bad. I think it's a great show. I and I like Vince Gilligan as a showrunner a, a lot. And I listen to him talk about the end of the show and he the the final shot, which. Um, it reinforces this idea that, 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 um, uh, Walter White goes out with his one true love, which is, I don't know meth, the end. I don't know is, the end. Don't give it away. Sorry. Well, I'm just joking. Go ahead. You're just joking. Well, it, that's, you know what? It's still, I think it's still worthwhile. If even if you did, but he goes out with his, with his one true love, which is, which is meth, uh, crystal meth. And I just thought like, man, that's really great. Like that's a, that's a, there's something pitiable about that and something right. honest. And then I listened to him talk about it and he said, because he also gets 
killed and he kills like other like drug dealers or whatever he says that walt goes out like a goddamn man and i was like no stop it stop stop talking about your own art because you don't you don't get it that's interesting so even a work of art that defies you think the logic of male sexuation ends up the the creator couldn't get out of that idea when he was right Right. And you would never. And I think it's worth pointing out that it's just it doesn't signify to have. And this is what we get into. It would not signify the phrase. She goes out like a goddamn woman. Like I don't. It doesn't signify in any way the same way. And this is sort of what Lacan is getting into is that like there is again, that's where we're going to go with this. It is mythic and it ends up being actual, uh, this idea of male exception. And, and he wants to complicate this and explode this because he does want to, and not to get too ahead. He wants to get out of this barrier of, of, uh, of, right. of, of the male, female of inside, outside of, you know, of you might even, maybe even he wants to get out of the, like an agamben of like sovereign and, and, and citizen, like we, yeah, we, I think Agamben wants to get out of it too. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I think, um, I think that's really good. And I think that you're right. That building that that firm barrier. I was going to say wall, but my God, the wall, right? Wall people say is wall, yeah. wall, wall anymore. Um, yeah. But building that firm barrier between inside and outside, and we talked about this earlier. That 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 what dialectics and psychoanalysis have in common, which is I think why we talk about Hegel and psychoanalysis all the time, is that. Mm-hmm they're both committed to showing that that barrier is always permeable and, and its very existence relies on its permeability. And so mm-hmm. you can't, so the exception never really is an exception. Like the exception mm-hmm. really is part of the, part of the rule. And, and, and I'm tempted to say, I wonder what you think of mm-hmm. this. I'm tempted to say that all ideology is just the turning of female subjectivity into like male subjectivity is ideology. Now, mm-hmm. I think we have to explain what female subjectivity is, too. But I mean, first, sure. But but yeah. just thinking about male subjectivity as this subjectivity of exception. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That seems Don't you think that is what ideology does. Or I mean, maybe there are I, other forms of ideology. But no, 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 I think I think that that's right. I mean, I, th- I think that it, and this is where I, I, I think that people well, this is where I think I think the the psychoanalytic or uh, you know a continental theoretical approach uh, to to thinking about mm, I don't know I would just say society to put it like you know bluntly like it it can help because I like I think that it is commonplace to like look at the unfair and inequitable like masculine logic that dominates different. Uh, just spheres of, of living and to sort of explode that as being a problem. And I think that has uh, an easy corollary with what you just said about ideology being uh, like closely aligned with the uh, subjectivity of, of well, being a male exception. Um, male exception but I think yeah. that, yeah, but I, I think that there's, um, there's maybe, Okay, so if that's if if it's the same thing, then there's no real reason for us to be talking about Lacan. We should just be talking about like, uh, uh, you know, masculine uh, and 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 uh, patriarchal uh, institutions, or whatever. So, but I think that what we're we're trying to come at this is that there is more there is more territory here, which is to um, because quite well, often what ends up okay. Well, what, I was no, just gonna say like what ends up what, yeah what ends up happening I think in in a lot of uh, in a lot of uh, like debates about 
um, the like a like gender wage gap, which you know it gets uh, purposely misinterpreted, uh, to, like that, like oh, two people, like instances of two people working the same place making the same like in equal amounts of money based on gender doesn't happen like quite as often as people think. It's really it's about opportunity. Right. And, 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 and who, and, and which gender has to take care of, which has to do, who has to do home care for, uh, aging, uh, parents or grandparents or whatever. Anyway, but what ends up happening in, in these, is these debates. If you, if you talk about like it being like, um, uh, misogynistic or it being, uh, uh, patriarchal, it's like, well, it's just an accident of history. It's just like, this is just, we've just been doing this. It's just tradition. It's like, nobody's really doing, there's no, there's no like kind of logic behind it. It's just the way that we've been doing it. And, and which kind of is kind of funny because it makes it like, well, so we can just change the way we do it. And it's like, well, no, we, the, the, the other side mm-hmm. is always like, we just can continue doing it this way. And so I think what we're, what we're doing here is that there is, uh, there is a psychical investment. There is something like, uh, like unconscious and 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 um, thornier to 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 these kinds of uh, of inequalities as they play out in society because of this um, this male uh, logic that comes from the exception that Lacan is talking about. That would right. I mean that's that's what I would say. I wonder what you have to say about that. No, no, I think that's really great. I mean, I think, look, doesn't it? It seems to me like you, if you just say I'm against patriarchy, well, that's all mm-hmm. well and good. But like, what is patriarchy except it, it relies really on the law, on the on the idea of the rule and the exception, right? Like, it's, I mean, yeah. it's integral to it. So I think if you're going to attack it, one, this is one of the ways I think psychoanalysis helps in that attack by identifying this male logic. And I think the other thing that you were saying, which I think is really important, is you can see all these things as socially constructed and thus just accidents of history. But sure. I think what psychoanalysis tries to say is, well, it's like your sexuation is not just a social construction, right? Like that mm-hmm. form of subjectivity is not just, it's not just social, like maybe gender is a construction that you even construct yourself, but, but sexuation, this mode of subjectivity is something mm-hmm. even I think beyond the reach of society, like it's a way in which mm-hmm. you interact with society. And I think that's, what's fascinating about it. It's, it's, it's your, the way that your you as a biological entity interact with the symbolic social world. And then that produces your, and, you know, you, you face a choice of sexuation. I mean, it's an unconscious choice on a free liberal choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's still a choice, and so I think that idea that there's something outside of both or or not belonging to either biology or social construction, I think is the to me that's the main important psychoanalytic contribution. Oh, absolutely, because the it's I mean this is the right the classic divide is between is between nature and, and culture nature, and, right, and right. yeah yeah and and what what we. What you, that, what you, don't uh, you think uh, most people say both? Most people just say yeah. both. Yeah, they and say both. That, they say both. Yeah. That's and what psychoanalysis is doing is it's it's locating the problem because if we were just if we were just biological beings, then like and and we had. Uh, instincts the same way that animals do then the like what i I don't even know what society would look i don't know that there would even be society like like, i'm not sure what this would look like you know and that's the and that is how you know like nobody 
nobody has nobody has sex to procreate the way that animals do as an instinct to uh, preserve the species like it's just it's just not a thing for people like like you 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 could think that consciously but like you've made the choice to do that where like you know animals simply do not have that liberty uh yeah, you know I and wouldn't and, even say that it, it's a it's a it's it's the opposite of an aphrodisiac like if you think like yes of course i'm gonna i'm just having sex to procreate it's a you know <laughs> especially if you're trying to have kids and the you know the person's taking their temperature and you're you're trying to time i mean that's not well fun well but no but that's true but that is even so, but that's, that's personal. Like, so having, do, doing it to have, like, we're going to have, a, we're going to make a baby. We're going to have a, we're going to have a child or whatever. Like that's different from like, we're doing this for the species like that. Right, I don't think right, there's anything no. less sexy than right. that. Like, no one, no one. Right. Does no one does that. Well, although, that's that's although crazy. <laughs> don't you think it's interesting that people, I, I know a lot of people that do this are not having kids for the sake of the species. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's a, I find that that's pretty yeah. cool. Right. Like that's a way. That's the human deformity, in a, maybe a good way, right? Like that. Yeah. That, you know the way. The, I mean, I'm for it. I I, did, I, I failed at that's the ethical ideal. I failed at it, but uh, mm. maybe it is. Maybe it, you know. Maybe it is. Um, all right. So should we move on to females? The, the, we, we're kind of stalling not to get to the, the hard one. Females. The yeah. This is the the hard the hard logic. The the only I think the only point that I want to nail down is that yeah. what psychoanalysis is doing here in, in, in talking about, um, sex and sexuality is to find a way to, uh, discuss it in a way that is neither biological nor completely reducible to the social. Right. Um, and be, and, and that, and that is what it takes to imagine sexuality and sex as an encounter, uh, rather than as like something that, that you, have it's it's like i think psychoanalysis uh would say it's it's not some it's it's not it's not it's something that you imagine that you have control of but you but you don't and that control is neither reduced strictly to a a social kind of construction nor is it to biology it is something else it is like it, it, it is uh you know what it's like todd it's like people quote voting against their own interests right like it's it's uh that I, I that to me I don't know what you think about that. That to me I think is like I a, love that a, interesting idea. yeah I that metaphor that for sexuality yeah that's yeah. what sexuality is it's voting against your own interest. voting against your own interest yeah yeah, yeah. No, I think it's really good I think it's really so uh, yeah so anyway the, but just to emphasize one more time that the predominant mode of social interaction and the social order and everything is the male model even if it's mm -hmm. perpetuated by women like even if the exception is Angela Merkel. Mm -hmm. That's still a that's still a, the male logic of the exception. Right, she's the sovereign right. exception. Um, so female subjectivity, on the, in contrast, for Lacan, mm -hmm. is it says two things. It says on the one hand, there is no one that escapes castration. So unlike, mm -hmm. unlike the male side where there is one that escapes castration, mm -hmm. on the female the side, sovereign, no, the man, right, the sovereign, act like a man, sovereign, right, right act like a yeah. man, right. Mm -hmm. Their female yeah. side, there is no, as you pointed out, there's no corresponding act like a woman. No one mm -hmm. escapes, no one escapes castration. But then he says this thing that everyone who talks about Lacan seems to talk about, right? He says, <laughs> he goes, but not all are subject to castration. So that's the, mm -hmm. that's the twist of the female side. And this, this famous, like it's, 
often called the Lacanian not all. So mm -hmm. he, he thinks it's a different way of totalizing without creating an absolute barrier because you can never tell if you're in or out. So that's part, mm -hmm. that's part of the point of the female. So, so no one escapes totally. There's no one like the male sovereign. Yet everyone mm -hmm. who's in, it's not clear, are you in or out? That, that way of thinking is not totally evident. Ken, Kenneth Reinhardt, Ken Reinhardt, a friend of ours said, he's put it this way, he said, with women, everyone is an exception. But I'm not, I think that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. think it's almost like the, the dividing line between exception and rule is, is not, has lost its clarity. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like the walls think, come tumbling down or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, that um, you, you put it, and, and you're going to have to un unmuddle this if I, if I don't, if I don't get this right, but I think yeah. you, you, you put it while uh, we were planning this, this episode, um, that the, maybe, I don't know, maybe the way, the way to make sense of it is that like, as, um, to, to, to make sense of, of the kind of, um, feminine or female exception that, uh, Lacan is talking about is in, to think of it as a threat to the uh, ideolo ideology of, of, of male sexuation and, and yeah. subjectivity in that way is to, yeah. is to think of it as, as that, which is, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there and, and, and have you, no, I think that's really good take, take because, from, yeah, as a threat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a threat because there's no, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting that you can really think of it in simple terms in terms of ideals, right? Like I find mm -hmm. this very simple and maybe it's so simple that it's wrong because it's too simple. But I, I mean, like the, the, so the masculine ideal is virility, like John mm -hmm. Wayne. I mean, the, the ideal of virility changes. So John Wayne isn't the ideal today. It was Brad mm -hmm. Pitt. And now I don't know what, I don't know who it is, but, um, Idris Elba. Uh, Okay, I don't even know who that is. Okay, you don't. Uh, oh, you you totally do. I'll, I'll, I'm sure you do. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> good for me. I, I'm glad I know that. <laughs> oh, I, unconsciously, I'm aware. Um, but but in the case of the the of female subjectivity, it's it's divided because on the one hand there's the mother, on the other hand there's the sex object, and if they come together, that's mm -hmm. horrific. Like the sure. idea of a mother. Who's like, if we imagine like virgin, a perfect mother is a virgin, which is, of course, interesting in its, in its own right, because, you know, Mary, but if we can, like, what if, what if instead of Last Temptation of Christ, Scorsese made a movie in which Mary, prior to having Jesus, decides to turn a few tricks to, to make ends meet, you know, and then she's like, then God comes that, down and says, I'm going to, you know, like, that would be, I mean, if he thought he got in trouble for the other one. Like that would be a be, real oh, it'd be you know, horrifying. Would be, utterly, utterly be excommunicated probably, especially yeah. from the Catholic Church where Mary has a special status. So, mm -hmm. you know, so that I think that that's interesting that the male ideal is not divided in the way the female ideal is divided, and and, and it's all, it's like we we need it divided. At least men who desire women need it divided. Like they don't want well, to this think is... that the mother. Sorry, just go ahead. Oh no, no, please keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just oh, gonna say they don't oh. want to think that the mother is also a sex object, and this is why so many men cheat when their spouses are pregnant. I think. 
right? Like once she's in that mother mode, they're like, aha, I'm going to go find another. Right. That would, that would be the psychoanalytic answer. I think, I wonder what you think about this. Like, like to me, I think the, the proof of this idea being, uh, like the, the solidity of this idea, if you like, is that, um, you know, people like to, even we said this in the beginning of the episode, people like to, to, um, to reduce, uh, psychoanalysis to, uh, like a bad, a bad interpretation, a bad phrase, like, Oh, all Freud says is that you, uh, men just want to have sex with their mothers and right. then reject it on that basis, which is obviously much more complicated than that. But even still, and I think in, in no country is that maybe stronger than in America. And yet America is the country that invented MILF pornography. And I think yeah. that like, you know, and I, and I think that this is the this is the coming together of the two ideas that you just laid out of the of the, uh, you know, what the classic Madonna whore right dichotomy. Yeah. And it's and I think that it is uh, it's striking that like that's like this um, that is this like this like fetish like like like. I don't know, like socially acceptable, like incest kind of thing. Like, like the first time that I heard that was, in, and I'm not sure if this is the film that coined the phrase, but in the original American Pie, is yeah. is the stiff, you know, Stifler's mom, the the mom I'd like to fuck, the the milk, yeah. and, and, and I and I, right, and it's like, um, like that person, that person shouldn't that person shouldn't exist like that. That should not actually be a figure of woman or if it is, it is for laughs or, uh, that woman should be uh, like, you know, I, I often think that this is, this is part of the, um, the it's, it, isn't it? Don't, don't you find that in general, general terms, I think this, I, I have no idea if this happens in other countries to the degree, degree that it happens in America, but like, um, like high school teachers or, like younger, like having sex, like female high school teachers having sex with like male students. Yeah. And it seems to be, a, it seems to be a violation of that, of that exact thing. Like you are taking care of the children. You're not supposed to be absolutely. doing yeah, the absolutely. other thing. Absolutely. Yeah. What's her name? Mary Kay Latourno. I think that's, yeah, right. That's the most famous like one. I think in, in America. For that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking, I mean, that, that idea of the MILF, is mm-hmm. well i mean part of what the milf is is a perversion right like that you're getting yeah. off on the fact that you're violating this typical border between the mother and the sex object right that's what I right, mean, that's right. what it, you know so it doesn't it doesn't so much attest to the border being eviscerated as to it being right. definitely in place right, right. you could you need it if, if that if that right. if that eliminated the the border then then it's not uh it's not desirable. Right. <laughs> it, it you, you, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. need that to, to stay in place. Like, so this, it's a way of, um, it's a, um, like a, like as it's kind of interesting, like as society becomes, uh, more, more secular, like that's like a secular, um, that makes up for the, for the lack of, uh, of like, I don't know, people of my generation and younger being, uh, being religious is that it's, it's, it's like, it, doesn't that seem so interesting? 1999. It's right. Like it's right. Right. I think that's when, uh, America Pie comes out or Pie, 2000. Yeah. Like, yeah, th- this, this, uh, this new, this secular form of, uh, fetishizing, uh, the, the, the woman as the, the Madonna whore, like it's this new way that like gets out of the, the idea of the Madonna because people don't, don't maybe don't necessarily associate that with 
um, the Virgin Mary anymore. They associate it with um, a long time singer. Yeah. Performer. So it's like this, this, um, this secular thing is, uh, is, is filling in the, the gap, uh, so to speak of, of, um, anyway, of the, the, for the Virgin Mary, that's right. 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 That's a small. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fascinating how relevant these two, I think these two ideas of subjectivity are right. Like that seems like they just really, I think resonate within the, and allow us to make sense of certain things. But I think one of this ties to your point about male subject or, the, the masculine version being and the exception not being actual not 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 having actual effects but not being actual mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i think that i think that for lacan he never says this directly but i or at least this is what i would say that male subjectivity is enacted as a resistance against female mm-hmm. subjectivity which is really the truth right. of all subjectivity so really all yeah. of us are in the situation where there is no because there really is no clear exception we're all stuck mm-hmm. within this. We don't, are we in or are we out? We don't know. And, mm-hmm. and we, we, we cling to the idea of an exception in order to avoid the anxiety of having this constant question. Like female subjectivity is confronted with this constant question of am I in or am I out? And male mm-hmm. subjectivity is a way of escaping that question into the security mm-hmm. of an identity determined by the exception. Well, I mean, it's the we I think we had talked before about having a moratorium on Trump examples. But I mean, like, there's not a better example than the way I mean, people, the the way that his most ardent followers refer to him is as God emperor. And there there is this idea of, you know, of of daddy bringing bringing us back to to a time where things made sense. Right. Where men were men and women weren't. So, uh, people of color and, uh, uppity, right? Like, I mean, that seems to be sort of the idea, right? To go, to go back to, to that sort of thing, to like, to enforce the, the old exception because the alternative to, to full, to, and I mean, and that's the, I mean, to me, like, I think that this is the, um, the opportunity that the, to you know, make the political point. This is the opportunity that the, the Democratic Party cannot blow, which is that like you like you have to be the party of female subjectivity, right? And right. Uh, writ large, right? Like, right. and and it, it, this is this is the this is the chance to uh, to take us out of uh, like to to reset the rules, basically. I I, I think and 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 to to make the finally make make the right play by the rules of the left because for so long it's been the opposite yeah, yeah um, it's been the opposite. But, i think it's a really good point i mean i think you're right we shouldn't use trump as an example anymore but this is such a great <laughs> one because i mean even the affairs with porn stars oh, and playboy bunnies right. i mean that's not that doesn't hurt him that no that's proof of his status as a sovereign exception right yeah, that's the yeah like like that's what the sovereign exception gets to do, and they still get to yeah. come down and say, "We need to become a Christian nation again." Yeah, of course. Like now, you can say "Merry Christmas." Like that. This is maybe biggest policy achievement. So you know, right? And that's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, to cut in. That is why people people flip out about this. Like, oh, it's so irrational that the the right they they, they their guy is this philandering, uh, you, you know, a car salesman. Uh, like fraud and then they hold him up as this like Christian ideal. And it's, it's the same thing as to, 
the the sexual relationship for Lacan. It's like, no, 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 it's not that that doesn't make sense. It's because of that, that it makes sense. It is because of that. It violates the very ideal that he can be held up as it. And it's like to go back to the thing I said, like 15 minutes ago, it's like the sexual relationship as voting against your own interest. Like it's that's that's the the that's the the tie uh, and i and i mean i think because your interest it, is not where your enjoyment lies I mean, no and 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 even and and, to, and that's a hard logic i think but again like when we talk about like enjoyment like you you want to again it should go against your own interest it is unconscious and you maybe want to think about it as being like a little erotic like you know like i like like don't you imagine like the 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 like 2016 like like I don't think Steve Bannon has had a bigger erection than he had that night when when Trump was elected, you know, and and well, like sure. that. This, or I would <laughs> say the people that voted for him, who even knew consciously that he was going to violate their own interest, I I think that was probably yeah. a great sexual act for them. Like I think, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. This, yeah, we were verging on being reductively psychoanalytic. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think, know it's so funny. But I, I don't think it is actually. I mean, I think yeah. yeah whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just think he—he's such a great example of this that that it's, you know, that the way, like, think about if Pence, who's the vice president, mm-hmm. if he—hopefully people know that, but maybe you never know. Um, so if Pence was president, and he's a true, for all, according to all appearances, he's a true believer. He calls his wife his mother. Life like, what? He calls his wife mother. Calls his wife. There you go. Do you know that? <laughs> get, get more. Uh, yeah. Right. They, they probably. Well, I don't want to speculate on how they have sex, but um, I. If you wanted to call him a motherfucker, I don't think that that's in accurate. But continue. <laughs> that was very funny. Um, Thank you. So, but if he was president, I think the religious right would be disappointed. Yeah. Well, there'd certainly like, be a lot less enjoyment, right? Right, because, you know, in Indiana, he was incredibly unpopular among the conservative religious right. And he's, he's an extreme religious right governor. Yeah. So mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's like they, the, 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 if you're in the model of male subjectivity, and, of course, mm-hmm. women and men are in this model, both. Right. You need the exception. Right. That's important. The- That's important to stress. Definitely. Yeah. It's important to stress that that because one of the and maybe and I know we said this at the beginning, but it's important to hit now that one of the main I mean, this this continues in a lot of different areas, but one of the main attacks on uh, psychoanalytic theory, which is not I, I mean, it's not entirely without merit, but it is that it isn't that it, it proposes just a heterosexist uh, logic and it is and it, it proposes just a, a heteronormative one uh, completely. It can only imagine male and, and female and uh, as uh, as gender. And I think it's probably more accurate to say it doesn't even imagine male and female as gender like at all. Right. It, right. It, it, I think it, it has what, very little to say about gender, frankly. I, I, yeah, I think that's completely, which is why we've said the perhaps awkward phrase of sexuation, like how you are sexuated in society, because that's what psychoanalysis is interested in is how you enter the social sphere as a sexed being. And it doesn't, you know, matter if, if you are, are queer identifying or, you know, uh, or heterosexual, uh, identifying like this, this is the, this is the structure that, that Lacan imagines. And, you know what? I can totally imagine being someone who's like, well, I'm just tired of, of like, in, in like in some way, someone's some, being some a scholar being like, I'm just tired of like having to choose between like male or female or masculine or feminine, no matter how it's 
you know, termed like I, I, you know, I put my hands up, but like, I get that. Um, but no, like, it's the, fine, but, it, but the whole point is yeah. that there are two, there are just separate logics and you can see them even yeah. as logics, you know, uh, forming the way people orient their subjectivity and not necessarily aligned with, it's just that they've historically been aligned with masculinity yeah. and femininity. So I don't, I think that that like, you know, there could be this wild sea change and maybe it's even ongoing. I think it's possible it's ongoing in which women come to occupy more women occupy that position of male sub, you know, the sovereign exception and yeah, you know, like that's, it's easily conceivable, I think. So I, I, I think it's important. I think what you said is really important. I also think it's absolutely the opposite of heteronormative because the heteronormative yeah, yeah, right. position suggests that male and female are complementary. Like right. that's the whole point of heteronormativity is that mm -hmm. male and female, that's a complementary relationship and male, male or female, female, there's no complementarity there. So it's, it's unnatural. It doesn't, you know, so it doesn't, mm -hmm. or there's something not appropriate about it. But I think it's like Lacan's point is no, even this one that seems like it's complementary, like the one fits right in the other. Yeah. Ha -ha, doesn't that work really? Well, but yeah. he, he says, no, you, even that one that seem, you might think it's complementary, complementary because of history and ideology and, and whatever, uh, mm -hmm. it, even that is not. So I think, that, I think it's a real, and I think, you know, part of the problem is that I think Freud was really good on, on a, a, I don't know if I would call it a critique of heteronormativity, but certainly a refusal to see homosexuality as any more of a problem than heterosexuality. Well, I mean, I, like, doesn't he go a little bit further? Doesn't he think that heterosexuality is the weird thing? I think that's right. Like, right. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like, and why, I, like what, so how is this so like clearly stratified and defined in these ways? Like, like that, that right. seems, uh, right. that that's, yeah, that, that seems to right. bear the mark of, so of there I, being some, of, of I, being a pathology. Yeah. Right. I think he's good. I think Lacan is great, but I think there are people within the psychoanalytic orbit that have pathologized queerness. So I think that that's, yeah. I think there is, some, and you know, but and I then you read so, back, and then if you read from that person's perspective back on Lacan and Freud, it looks it, you it, can it, see it, things, you, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's I just it would be like um, you know judging all presidents on the basis of George W. Bush, like you know, then what happened <laughs> to Roosevelt? You know, like like yeah. oh, all presidents are oh, well, Roosevelt, terrible. Um, you know, so I think that, mm -hmm. that you know, there, I think that you just can't, uh, I, yeah, I just don't think you can take someone's followers who are bastardizing a thought as the truth of that thought. I just, I just think that that's a, mm -hmm. you know, like whenever you see someone doing that, we're going to do an episode soon that it's close to your heart on responding to critics. And yeah. I think that, like, you, your criticism cannot be, I'm going to criticize all these followers of the person and then link that back to the person's thought. And I think that's what often happens in psychoanalysis. Yeah. Or it's an ad hominem mm -hmm. critique of Freud, yeah. like he was a coke addict or something like that. Yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, so anyway, so yeah. I think, go ahead. Oh, no, I, all I was going to add to that is, is um, with taking aim at, 
at um at 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 at, at followers and not the um and not the I don't know progenitor of the uh, of the thought is. I mean, and this this is the classic move in uh, in, in David Boardwell's essay in Post Theory, and I think it's so interesting that um, he doesn't quote he quotes other people quoting Freud as to say like this is Freud, and then he critiques that. And I yeah. think that you know that's a, it's a very very common move, but it it also what would uh what you get into and again we will talk about this in that episode is that like one of the um and this is in pop culture criticism uh, music criticism whatever is the easiest way to do it is like well this is what it doesn't do and this is what it doesn't account for yeah. and you're not engaging with that thing if that's the basis of your argument so like um it's you know it's like i don't know it's literally true that like uh in like Lacan doesn't like, there's not a, there's not a line where he says like, and to my critics who say that this is, uh, who, who might say that this is locked into, uh, two, uh, dominant genders. I have to say that, you know, he doesn't say right. that. Right. He doesn't say so, right. so y- what you have to, so you, what you have to do as the, the, the reader reading in good faith is you have to, you know, I think what we're trying to do right here, um, is to show, that it, it doesn't it doesn't have to do with with gender at all. It, it, it's imagining um, a again, as we've said earlier, a, a logic of sex, a logic of 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 being sexuated in in society, and that it seems to follow along these two tracks, no matter how one you know uh, identifies. Like this right. this seems to be this seems to be the limit of of imagination. Which like again, it's always this way in in psychoanalysis is that like it is telling you like this is the way things are. It's not endorsing that forever you know right, like right, like that right. in fact i think if it's endorsing anything it's endorsing well i think this is unquestionably what it's endorsing it's female subjectivity like yeah that's yeah, the agreed. like it's a i think psychoanalysis is in some way a critique of male subjectivity and and mm-hmm. in an attempt to to see male subjectivity as the flight from or resistance to the problem of female subjectivity. So every man is just a, a, a someone, a subject trying to escape his his feminine subjectivity, right? Like that's what that's mm-hmm. what defines masculinity. I think you know this joke. I told it to you before. But I'm going to repeat. So, <laughs> so what's what do men and trains have in common? So I don't know. They have, what you don't know? <laughs> you do know, I think. But I the only comment is that they both stop before you get off. Right. So I, th- I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I, yeah. I said that to my class and, and it was just met with total silence. And I thought, <laughs> what is the problem here? But then I oh, thought, well, God. I guess I guess now with Tinder, that doesn't happen. Like we just get off at the same time. Um, uh, <laughs> but I think well, that doesn't. Sorry, I was just gonna say doesn't doesn't Ju- I think we're um we're we're talking around the um the great famous line from Juliet Mitchell, right? Like that uh, psychoanalysis is uh, uh, an analysis of a phallocentric, uh, you know, heterosexist society, not an endorsement of one. Yeah, you know, you know. I, although I, I don't although know if I've got that. I exactly don't know that right, that goes yeah. far enough because I think yeah. that's true, but I also think um, it's it's analyzing certain contradictions that will exist no matter how much we change society right yeah, like there's certain yeah. problems of desire enjoyment subjectivity that can't be fixed so i think mm-hmm. while i agree with mitchell's point i think it's really profound i do think you have it's all it's not just that it's not just like oh we could fix this patriarchy then we mm-hmm. can like 
because I, right. because I don't think that, I think this is the point that you cannot completely escape male subjectivity and the logic of the exception. This is what I think, mm. I think that, I think well, I mean, that, that's that's what this is, right? It's like it's explaining what is the psychic investment in it. It's not just saying, right. well, this is the problem and we need to get rid of it. It's like, no, there is a there's a longstanding investment in 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 this, right. and it without understanding it, it cannot be it cannot be dismantled. You know, right? It, it, you, and without without knowing what you're taking apart, you cannot. Um, have a, a the the proper substitute or or like the 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 new cannot emerge if you don't understand why you're taking apart the th- if you don't get all the right reasons for why you're taking apart the thing that you are aiming to take apart. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I would just say that the other thing is that you can't like even no matter how much you take apart that idea of the exception in the rule, there's mm. still going to be something of that structuring society, right? Like yeah, that, like. You, what you can do is you can, I think the problem is our whole emphasis is on the one side. And I think what yeah. psychoanalysis is trying to do is to say, let us recognize the way in which that exception is really, and this is where I think Jennifer Friedlander has this great thing about male subjectivity. And she, so she says, she agrees this idea of masquerade as female subjectivity. And then she says, mm-hmm. but male subjectivity is like, uh, is 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 like a bald man this cuts a little too close to the heart uh, is like a bald man who wears a toupee right like it's like hmm. it's always in danger of being and and her contrast is that female subjectivity is like a bald man who wears a hat so you know, like hmm. you know it's fake but it's yeah. still covered up castration still covered up yeah. but with the with the bald man wearing a toupee it's, it mm-hmm. seems like it's real, but then at any time, because he's really impotent, you could, if the toupee gets just put wrong, yeah. then all of a sudden he looks like a complete impotent fool. So yeah. I think that, I loved that way of thinking about sexual difference. And then I asked her, what happens when you shave your head? Because that would be the, you know, like that, that's my <laughs> method of hiding castration. And, you know, it worked. Did I ever tell you this? It worked. One time I was in a class and I said something about being bald and this woman raised her hand. She goes, well, being bald is a choice. I'm like, I'm like it worked. <laughs> That's what I said to her. All I said was it worked. So that was good. Uh, which was great. What was, what, did Jennifer have a response to that, by the way? About your, uh, about, shave, about shaving your laughed. head? She so th- thought I was telling a joke. But, but she thought actually it was even more, she thought it was a, uh, uh, even more duplicitous act than wearing a toupee. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, like, it, isn't isn't the famous example? Isn't Michael Jordan the famous example? Yeah. To you know, to shave to shave your head so that you to make it so that you're not bald. Well, and I think I, I don't, I don't think people think. Yeah. Yeah. He really uh, thought that. I mean, he really did it because he was going bald. He didn't like the way it looked, and so he shaved his head. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I think that I, I think she's right. Like it, it is. That's even. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not bald. I have a shaved head. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's it. The I mean, sort of an emperor. It's the a emperor complete has no clothes kind of thing. Like like yeah. the toupee at least acknowledges castration to some extent in this way that it could always fall off. Um, mm-hmm. But the bald head is just a complete denial of it. 
you know. Okay. So I think mm -hmm. that's pretty, it's, I find that pretty interesting. And I think that, mm -hmm. but so in my point is that you can't totally escape that male logic, but I think mm -hmm. what, as a society or as a individual subject, you can recognize the impotence of the exception. And I think that is the real key. Mm. That, and that the exception, mm. its exceptional status is structural and not substantive. Right? Like that seems Got really yeah, important yeah. to me. Yeah, that's, no, that's really good. And that, that's a, that's a, I think that's a great point to end on that, that what it is. And I think when, and this happens largely in the uh, more in the academy, but it does bleed into social uh, conversations about psychoanalysis, which is that the it imagines a, something like Lacan's formula of sexuation, uh, saying like the, the the woman is is not all like talking about like the the um, the female exception as as being substantive and qualitative, right? right. Rather than rather than being structural. It's perfectly and like per purely structural point, right? right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I just want to—I want to touch on one thing in the film *Memento*, sure. which I think. Oh yeah, right, right. We forgot to, to me, get there. Yeah, I don't know. You—you—you you brought it up initially to me, and and I—I I think it. I'm not sure if there's a better film at describing the lack of a sexual relation and the two forms of sexuation. Mm -hmm. uh, that Lacan talks about than Memento. I mean, it is just really, it kind of lays them out perfectly. The problem is that his wife, Leonard Shelby's wife, so the, just a little bit. Well, lay it, lay it out first and then, and then give the, and then give the problem. Okay. So yeah. lay out the films, what happens in the film? No, not lay out the film, but lay out how the film, uh, uh, is is a good example. Okay. Of, okay. Of okay. The, okay. I, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I do want to just say one thing about the film. So the film takes place, half in backward time and half moving right. forward. And then at the end of the film, the two timelines come together. So we've gone back far. And the whole point is Leonard Shelby is the narrator of the film. And he, he has a, a memory disorder, so he cannot make new memories. So he's constantly relying on these tattoos all over his body. And he's mm -hmm. convinced himself that someone has killed his wife and raped and killed his wife. Raped is important, mm -hmm. I think, and gotten away with yeah. it. And he's chasing, trying to chase this person down, but without any memory, it's pretty hard. So he has all these clues tattooed, or tattooed over his head. So he's clearly, he's a guy clearly driven by the logic of, the masculine logic of, I'm going to, my desire is to get this one thing and then I'll be, then I'll really have it. So he sees himself, mm -hmm. I think he sees himself as the sovereign exception, for one thing, because he has no qualms about killing someone like he thinks. No. Yeah. And, and not, and we learned at the it's, end of the film, he's actually a, basically a serial killer because he's <laughs> taking these people for the killer of his wife and killing them. Right. Being it's manipulated by violence, somebody. Right? Yeah. yeah. What's that? I would like, it's righteous violence. Like, right. It's violence. easy to kill, right. kill someone when, when right. you just, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the violence of the male sovereign exception, right? Like you're mm -hmm. the, it's the you're allowed to escape castration when you occupy that point of the real man who avenges the rape and mm -hmm. murder of his wife. So, mm -hmm. and then the great there's this, she's only in how many scenes would you say she's in? Maybe three scenes. Carrie Very, Moss. No, no, no. Carrie Moss is a plot, oh, but his oh, wife, sorry, his his, oh, wife, his wife. Yeah, yeah. Only in three scenes. Yeah, three mm -hmm. scenes. Yeah, and so she's there's this great moment where she's reading a book. And the book is Claudius the God, which is a funny book to be reading 
which is the sequel <laughs> to I, Claudius <laughs> by Robert <laughs> Graves. Uh, I only know that because I've, I've, I feel like I've written 10 things on Memento. But, um, <laughs> um, but, but she, so she's reading the book, and he upbraids her. He says, how many times are you going to read that book? You already know what happens. And she goes, I'm reading it. She goes, don't bother me. I'm reading it because I enjoy it. And so mm. that idea of she's just repeating the thing and getting the enjoyment from the repetition as opposed to him moving towards this goal. So I think there's a... Which, nice about yeah, yeah. Go ahead. That's go great. Ahead. No, no. Like you can, you can see that you can see like quite easily like... Uh, like this difference in like a, um, a, a masculine or a feminine logic there, like this teleological end oriented thing. I'm going to get this guy versus this more, uh, this, this rep, uh, rep, uh, repetitive thing, uh, toward, toward enjoyment. But I mean, anyway, you're going to go to the, but the point is that in, in the end he has like, he's subverted that completely because he's mm-hmm. convinced him. He just continues. He's, he's doing what his, his in fooling himself in, in making it an impossible case. He just throws ever more into the future. The like that there will just be more and more killers. There'll be more John G's because it's what he needs to, to stay happy. And, but what he's found is it's not like his wife reading that book, right? There's no enjoyment for him in it. Right. He just has to keep doing it. Ryan, that's such a great way to think of it. So he's really, stuck in the same repetition that she was except yeah. she recognizes it and recognizes that that's the form that her enjoyment takes whereas he's constantly looking for a different a newer thing to really yeah. give him the enjoyment he feels he's lacking so i think that film is fascinating for that reason because it really it really makes you think like that it really shows how Lacan's version of female sexuation, that idea of the not all, is also mm. an idea of repetition, right? Like yeah. it's not like and, and then the the male version of subjectivity is I think he used a very good word there, teleological. It's very teleological. Mm. It's aimed at this one point. Like you're I'm always trying to be a like if I do enough things, I'll be a real man, mm. I'll become the exception. <laughs> right, right. 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 Yeah. I so I think that yeah, I think that's a it, it, I don't think we often think of so you could <laughs> to go back to our our an earlier episode where we opposed the desire on the one hand and drive on the other. You could say that female subjectivity is logic of the drive, and then male subjectivity mm. is logic of desire. Logic of desire. That's pretty good. I think that you know I, this this has happened quite organically, but I wonder if we could keep this up. Uh, the last episode as our example of the, um, the ethical position of psychoanalysis, not giving ground relative to desire, we landed on Heather's as being the exponent of that, of that logic. And here we've landed on memento. Memento. So I don't know. Yeah. So for, for a there is yeah. <laughs> they both happened organically. So yeah, when we try to choose one, it'll probably be a terrible, it, it'll fail. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. it'll be awful. <laughs> Just like with the last episode, the lesson is watch Memento. The lesson is watch Memento. Exactly. Over and over.